and welcome back to our podcast. I'm your host, Samantha. And I'm Alexa. And, and we're, we're here, here to, to light up, up your, your life. life. So today we have a fantastic guest. His name is Kyle Guthrow. He is an award-winning public speaker who helps individuals, corporations, and entrepreneurs boost revenue through proven sales tactics and effective communication strategies. He has spoken on stages across Canada and shared the stage with Grant Cardone. Kyle's expertise extends to working on the red carpet as a Toronto International Film Festival. He believes sales and communication are vital for business success and offers customized solutions to generate sales and foster lasting relationships. Additionally, Kyle helps individuals overcome hardships and, finds, and to find confidence. With a passion for public speaking and a background in project management and real estate, he empowers others to succeed. So welcome to the show. We're very, very excited ecstatic to have you as our guest. Thank you. Thank you. What role does effective communication play in, in building and maintaining healthy relationships professionally? Great question. Uh, I think it's vital. And I think it's becoming a bit of a lost art. And the reason why I say that is because with the empowerment of technology, even with this new wave of AI, uh, a lot of the world is using and communicating through cell phones, through Zoom. So when people are meeting in person or on stage or in a networking event or even just in a boardroom, people are struggling to get their messaging across. People are struggling to even just have simple dialogue. So for me, I saw an opportunity and a bit of a gap where especially even some of the younger generation that grew up with cell phones constantly in their hand and their conversations were very two-dimensional, text, uh, Snapchat, social media, I just often expressed and showed individuals like, hey, there is a world outside of simple communication via um, technology. And I think it's extremely important because if you can't communicate and articulate your message in a way, I don't care if you have the best product in the world. If you cannot sell yourself or communicate it in a way, then it's just going to be lost. People are going to get confused. They're not going to fully understand. So what I do is work with a lot of entrepreneurs, individuals, corporations on how to craft that messaging, how to hone in on what it is they're trying to either sell, uh, develop, or even just build a, a lasting relationship. And I think it's more important now than ever because of what we went through in the last few years, everything turned a little more digital. And, but the real interactions happen in real life. It happens out on the street. It happens at the coffee shop. It happens on the street corner. So it's about finding that long lost art of communication and bringing it back to the forefront. Yeah, I, I love agree that. with that too. Yeah. And it's crazy how, um, like what you, you said, communication has changed so much since we've been through this pandemic and with the introduction of Zoom, I mean, it, it has its benefits, but in a lot of ways, communication has changed so much. And I've been through a bunch of trainings on how to even co communicate through Zoom or in a way that it is personal, right? And having that video on is so, so critical because you still get a chance to have that person see body language. And that's critical, mm -hmm. right? Body language and understanding what that person is trying to um, communicate to you. It's, it's so important. It, a lot of things just get last in, lost in the transition when you're trying to communicate via text. So mm -hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. And just Zoom was um, a great technology that was born out of the, the pandemic. 
And the reason why is yes. So we're having this dialogue in different countries and I can see you, I can read your body language, I can read your facial expressions. So it's a vast difference between just even a generic phone call. Uh, but obviously if we're in person, it just takes it that one step further because now you can bring in the other uh, fifth sense, which is touch. Um, so there is opportunities that I, I teach individuals like how to do it in a polite and meaningful manner. Uh, but again, Zoom is still a great uh, piece of technology that allows us to have these dialogues and these conversations. Absolutely. So true. And I know that um, one thing we wanted to touch upon too, well, we want to know your opinion on what you think, how communication is different in the workplace with women as opposed to men, or even if you're an entrepreneur and men or women, how is that communication um, different in your opinion? That's a really good question. And uh, just so the audience is aware, I didn't know any of these questions before this interview. So this is totally all on the fly, which I, I love doing podcasts and interviews this way, because then it's not rehearsed, I can't study it, and you're getting the authentic answers. Uh, so this is where it's like critically important. So I did a talk in Miami uh, last August on dating. And yeah. people are like, wait a second, why are you at a why are you at a dating event? And I said, well, think about it. Communication is vitally important in the dating sphere. Now, to answer your question regarding men and women, I often teach a lot of individuals that you need to change your dialogue to who you're speaking to, not even just based on sex, but based on background, age, uh, education. Unfortunately, a lot of leaders that I work with they have maybe one or two types of dialogue that they use. It's the spray and pray, and hopefully it lands. When in fact, I was like, no, you need to curate your conversation to who you're speaking to, who is your audience. And so often the CEO or the executive leadership team or the directors or whoever will start talking to their audience all the same way. And that doesn't work, it's not effective. Now, I'm not saying you need to curate and craft your message to each individual person's needs, but if I was to be talking with you, Samantha, I would want to dive in, tell me a little bit more about your background, then ask you more uh, subsequent questions that I can learn something about you. Now, what I'll do with that is in, while this is a very important as a leader or as a communicator, you have to actively listen and yeah. not listen to respond, but actively listen. And what you do in those scenarios is that I'm able to analyze and figure out what is your communication style? Do you prefer to communicate via text, via um, Zoom, via? So there's then you bring in that technology world as well. So for a lot of leaders in the room, I just often tell them you need to figure out who your audience is. If you're speaking to an audience that is 60 percent women a middle age, then don't be aggressive. Don't come out of the gate being um, brass and raising your voice and gut. No, tone <laughs> volume down, soften it, because it just depends on who you're speaking to. Now, to answer the question regarding when speaking to female versus male, uh, this is where it's critically important to learn the behaviors of each individual. Now, I've got the great fortune that I have done uh, a lot of research on this. I've studied it. I've understood it. I've had great coaches. 
And I've just been able to absorb a lot of content when meeting and interacting with people. And these are just some things that I have found. Uh, this is just my opinion. So don't shoot me. Uh, but what I have found is that women are very emotional. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that in a very positive way. So how can you get more connected with somebody? Well, find out what emotionally, intrinsically adds value to their life. So for example, if uh, Sam, you said, I really like cats. Well, I'm going to take that piece of information and there it's called bridging the conversations. So especially in the dating world, when individuals have a struggle to find what to converse about, the reason why that you haven't asked enough questions. So a lot of times, guys, I'll speak from guys, they come out of the gate, look what I've done, this is that, I've, they, start, they start rhyming off their resume, when in fact, women don't care. They don't. They want to make the conversation about them. So how do you make something better? Be interested instead of interesting. Yes. Yet we, we are in a world now, unfortunately, social media gave everyone a megaphone where everyone's <laughs> bragging about what their accomplishments are. But if you go back to some of the best dialogues that you may have had, the best conversations you might have had, or just even some of the individuals that you leave going, man, that person made me feel really good. Often, it's because they made the conversation about you. And they you were asking questions and making the conversation about you. So when I tell this to leaders, it's like, yes, I know you need to get your messaging across. It's very important. However, take the 30 to 60 seconds to actually get to know a person. It doesn't take a lot. And then when they tell you, remember it. So when the next time you meet with them and they're talking about Fluffy the cat, hey, how's Fluffy? Guess what it just did? It built a rapport and it brought the guard down because that's how, that's how important that is in the conversational world. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, really remembering those little like finite details about someone and bringing them up again. I think that's really important to be able to make that effective communication and that relationship. So, and yep. just to, to add to that, um, use anecdotes, use analogies, use experience. Uh, a lot of individuals come out and they start rhyming off stats and figures. It's like, no, no, no. Bring it down to a fifth grade level and speak to it with experience. Like, for example, Samantha, we met in Miami. Mm -hmm. And that was two years ago. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe it was two years ago. And I can distinctly remember, and I'm not going to share it with the audience, but I can distinctly remember when we were on in South Beach, on the water, actually in the water swimming, and you were sharing stories about your family. Yeah. And I can remember them perfectly. And I could probably articulate it right back to you. Why? Because I was actively listening to the conversation. I wasn't making it about me. I'm like, tell me more about your family. And you expressed and opened up. So when you make a conversation about somebody else, the great thing is you'll learn something new. Sure. Too often, everyone wants just to scream from the mountaintop, look what I've done. When in fact, reverse it, flip it over. And you'll actually get way more engagement you'll get more retention. And in the business world, you actually probably will get more sales. So 
That's true. And going on to talking about sales, you are obviously amazing at communicating and you also are a real estate developer. So how can effective communication, you know, help other entrepreneurs pitch their ideas to attract investors or customers into their businesses? So this is important. And I see this a lot, um, especially working with some of my tech clients. They, and even back into the real estate, great product. They may have a great development. They might have a great real estate deal. You might, as the investor, or sorry, the developer, might see the great product. Oh my God, I've got this great multifamily building. It's going to do this, 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 and this. The investor might not see it. The reason why is because you're not speaking at their level. And what I mean by that is that just like I said earlier, figuring out who your audience is. So when I work with tech CEOs and they always want to be the face of the brand, which is fine. However, when they're on stage and they're sitting there going on about the algorithms and the intricacies of their app, they've lost their audience because I'm scanning the audience and you could see they're bored. They're on the phone. They're not paying attention. You've gone over their head. The reason why? Because everyone doesn't live in the weeds like them. Now, it's obviously important to go down into that level because you obviously have to explain sometimes in detail, but the most important thing is to pull yourself out. So what I call the waves of conversations. So many people speak in one dimension and what they do is they'll just sit there and they'll speak monotone and they'll just go on and on and on about whatever the product or service is. So let's use real estate as an example. So they'll sit there and go, it's got 16 bathrooms, it's got 16 units, it's going to make this much money. Great. The investors, all he's or she is thinking in the back of their head is three things. How much is this going to cost? What is my return? And what are the risks? But too often, real estate investors, developers, they come in and they start talking about the actual building and unit. Now, that stuff is important. However, they're not addressing their concerns. So when you are in front of somebody, you're pitching a product, you got to ask what I call fact-finding questions. I actually learned that from Grant, uh, Grant Cardone. Ask fact-finding questions. So Samantha, what is important to you? How much money are you looking to make off of this investment? Because you might say, I want 40% returns. And in my head, I'm like, I can't offer that. So why am I going to do a two-hour presentation to sell you a product or service that might not even fit your need? See, we waste a lot of people's time because we aren't asking questions. Instead, we just take the megaphone and just blurt out and hope it sticks. Make the dialogue a two-way conversation by asking a ton of loaded questions, which when I work with investors or tech people, I'll have them write out, here are the, 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 the five pain points that you could experience. Here are the five positive things that you could experience. Here are the 10 questions you need to ask your audience or your board members or whoever that you're presenting to. Because often people just go up on stage, have a presentation and just speak to it. And yeah. it's basically throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks. So when you are presenting and conversing with people, make it two-way. Now, I know that can sometimes be hard, especially in a public speaking setting. And I've been on stages in front of thousands of people. You can still ask questions. Right. How many people in the room are real estate investors? 
That's a question. Show of hands. Boom. I'm getting an answer. But do you see what I just did? As a speaker, if you want people to mimic you, because when you're speaking, we're mirrors. I put my hand up to, to signify, hey, guys, pay attention. How many of you are real estate investors? I'm signaling to them. So if I was on stage and I looked at my watch, I can actually see my audience. They will start looking at their watches. We are mirrors of the earth. If women start playing with their hair, guess what? It's so subconscious. Other women or men or whoever will start playing with their hair. So it's about reading body language, reading your audience, reading the way the conversation goes, and also allowing opportunities for the other person to talk. Mm -hmm. We've all been in those conversations where the individual just keeps talking and talking and talking. In your head, I'm like, when do I get to jump in? So it's about that power of that pause, just to even allow yourself to have a glass of water through your throat. It's true. And I see that a lot too in my business as an entrepreneur as well. And, you know, reaching out to potential clients, I have to see if they even need the product, if they even want it, and if my product can solve their problem. So like you were saying, that's so important to ask questions to see if it's even in alignment with the, the investment that you're doing or, you know, whatever it is that you're selling. So, yeah, but it, it just taking it even one step further, once you do find out those questions, again, I, if anything anyone takes from this talk today is active listening, don't listen to respond, actively listen, because clients, customers, colleagues, uh, potential clients, uh, if you're on a date, the other person, you will gain so much insight by asking open-ended questions and letting the other person talk. You will hear their pain points. You will hear their problems. And guess what? When you hear it, boom, there's an opportunity for you to solve it. Mm -hmm. So if you're just constantly just spewing out information and not listening, you're not solving their problem. However, I'll take this one step further. And there are, I don't want, I don't know if we want to take this in that direction of dating versus the, the business world. However, I do find it very important. Men are very good at this and it drives women nuts. The reason why I know it drives women nuts because I have interviewed, asked a lot of women these questions. So when I tell this to guys, are you listening to solve their problem or are you listening so that they have a voice or an ear to listen to? And what I mean by that, uh, we've all been in relationships. I will sometimes ask the person that I'm in a relationship, do you want me to listen just so that you can have a conversation with, which is fine, or do you want me to listen to potentially solve? Because what guys do, it's like a woman or a male or whoever will express their problem. And then the person jumps in and goes, Oh, I know how to solve this. And the person's like, no, no, I don't want you to solve it. I just want you to listen. That's great advice. I've never no. had anyone ask me that question, to be Same. quite honest. Yeah, it's absolutely. super important. Meaningful. I've, I've learned that uh, from top psychologists that I've worked with. I have, and it works uh, because listen, there is times where we all have problems, uh, experience something in our life. And the individual doesn't want to hear a solution. They just want someone to talk to, someone to bounce an idea off of. 
And I find this happens a lot in the business world as well, especially if you get a group of um, individuals that have big egos, which I've been in those boardrooms before. And it's like, well, no, we should do it this way. I was like, hold on a second. This individual didn't come here for a solution. They came here to pitch the idea, not to flip it up on the side of its head. You're, you're not listening to what they're trying to sell. So often everyone just interjects because they want their voice to be heard. And sometimes it even gets argumentative and it doesn't need to be. It's like, no, this person's pitching a product that could potentially solve your issue, but your ego isn't allowing you to listen properly. And now it's getting in the way because you're trying to solve a problem that this product or service can do for you. So it's about, it's super important just, again, researching your audience, discovering who you're speaking to, because we all bring egos, biases, judgments, experience, and that could cloud our conversation with the individual. Like if you got burned in business before, which we, I have, I can admit, uh, I'm bringing that with me. So when someone starts pitching something to me, in the back of my head, I'm like, I've been here before, I'm hearing these words before, but I will tell my, my bias and my judgments to, to be quiet. Like I've learned as an individual self, it's like, whoa, 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 put that aside. Just because one person burned you doesn't mean everybody that comes through this door now is going to burn you. So park it, but pay attention. So yeah, just be, be cautious of that. That's really important. I completely agree with everything you just said. And I think a lot of it comes from just being self-aware too, because if you didn't do the inner work and you didn't go to all of these, you know, workshops and seminars, you wouldn't know that to ask those questions. Like you said, and like Alexa and I both said too, we've never even heard someone ask us that. So I think it really starts with becoming self-aware and then also using that to drive conversations. So all great stuff. Yeah. And if I'm understanding everything that you're saying correctly, so there's different strategies and you really need to read your audience. And when you walk into the room, you need to understand who you're communicating with and what your goals for that communication uh, um, or that, you know, experience is. So what would be a suggestion or what specific skills would you recommend somebody sharpens to really go into a room and be persuasive and be able to, um, you know, communicate with a came to accomplish? I think just because I do work with a lot of introverts, I'm an extrovert. You could drop me in a room with 200 people and I will literally meet every person in that room. I'm very comfortable in social settings. Some people like it is scary for them. I often tell them take baby steps. So when I'm working with clients that are introverts, they're trying to get into the sales world. They're trying to develop and craft their skills. They're trying to become better communicators. I often just say, start with the little small things. I'll even task you two ladies with this and circle back with me by the, I'll give you five days to do it. In five days, I want you to compliment 20 people. There is no intention behind it. I just want you to compliment people. See, people go in so many times with expectations. But the greatest thing is if you want to hone in and become better at communication, start with the small things. Now, take it one step further, especially in the dating world. People are like, oh, I can't meet anybody in person. It's like one, 
get off your phone. Everyone's sitting there walking through the streets, especially downtown Toronto, with their head buried in their phone. They're not paying attention to their surroundings. So when you are in the street, coffee shop, at a networking event, don't make it creepy. Like if I were to say, Samantha, I really, I come up to you, go, hey, just wanted to say, I really like that outfit today. The reason why that works well versus, oh my God, you're beautiful. And not to say that both you ladies are obviously very beautiful, but the difference with complimenting something on what they're wearing is that you can use this in a professional setting. If you were in a work setting and come up and be like, you're trying to build a rapport, especially if it's a, a boss employee relationship, you wouldn't, that'd be kind of creepy. But if you come, oh my God, I love that outfit. The reason why this works well is because we've all been there. We went into the store, we looked at the shirt or whatever the dress, we picked it up, we hummed and hawed about it. And like, mm, I don't know. We went and one step further, went into the dressing room, tried it on, looked in the mirror like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know if I like it or I love it. But guess what this does now? This That all took effort. You bring it home, you put it on. Now, if I were to compliment you, on something that you were wearing, guess what this does? It does two things. One, it reinforces your decision power because you went in, tried something on, bought it, and now I'm validating that it looks good on you. Mm -hmm. Second thing that it does, it boosts your confidence. If you compliment somebody, they're going to feel good. You just made that person's day better. So what I, my goal is to sit there and tell people, go make someone's day better by saying something nice, complimenting them, uh, being appreciative. You see someone do a good gesture. Oh my God, just wanted to acknowledge that was so kind of you to, to open that door for somebody. There's so much hate on the internet, especially on the comment sections and people fixate it. And I truly believe like we can reverse that by pushing positivity out there and not to make this like um, a fluffy conversation. But I do think it's very important that it's all about making other people feel better about themselves. And it honestly takes it off of you and makes it about them. And again, you're making them feel better. And in return, they might have that conversation or that dialogue with you. And I, I again, this doesn't just have to be male, female, female, male, male, male. I will compliment everybody. I'll see a guy in the street and he's got sweet Air Jordans on. I'm like, man, love those shoes. Where did you get them from? I just started the conversation with him. Hey, and then you, you take the dialogue one step further. And again, you notice these things because you're paying attention as opposed to being buried in your phone. So I would say, put the phone down, go compliment 10 people. And of those 10 people, See if you can get into a conversation where you can ask for their phone number, whether it be in business, client, relationship. And then from there, try and close that person. Sales is all numbers. And you got to meet people. You got to be in front of people. Where attention is, money flows to. Mm -hmm. So if you're kind of shy and timid and scared, I just tell people, start with bringing it back to its simplest form. Compliments are a great way to open up that dialogue. And the reason why people are scared 
and obviously public speaking is the number one fear in the world. The reason why that is, it's because they made it about themselves. Right. People are scared of judgment. People right. are scared of what I look like. And I tell them, it's not about you. You're on stage to deliver a message to your audience. Make it about them. And right. guess what? All the judgment comes off of you because you're serving your audience. So when you're out with somebody, find a way to serve them. So many people are fixated on like, well, what will they say? What will they think? Gives a shit. It's not about you. That's your ego talking. So I'll right. tell them, make it about the other person. And it's amazing how it gets reciprocated. You'll start seeing the universe works in funny ways. You compliment 10 people, you'll get like 20 compliments back. And then again, you in return feel good. Exactly. And that's, I feel like every person that we've interviewed that is great at public speaking has said that exact thing, just to highlight it, that it's not about you. It's about your audience. And when you take that pressure off yourself and you put it on serving, then it lifts a huge weight off your shoulder. So I couldn't agree more with that. And I've experienced it myself too. So it really, it really helps. <laughs> and obviously you've been on a pretty big stage called the Ed, Ed Milet Show. And you got cameras, you got people. I've been there before where you're like, holy shit, there's a lot of cameras here. Oh, um, <laughs> working, working the red carpet at TIFF, it's very high energy, very high pace. You've got cameras everywhere. Mm -hmm. Celebrities are, you're interviewing like 30 celebrities in a matter of an hour. And you always got to be on your feet, but you got to sharpen these skills. You've got to practice that. You got to be um, what I like to say, quick witted. It, it's like when you're asking a question, have another question ready. Like my, my, I love asking this question to business owners because everybody experiences it. What's your biggest pain point in your business right now? And if they say nothing, then guess what I will say? You should be coaching and helping me because if you've got everything perfect, that means that you should be a multi, multi-billionaire because yes. every business has problems. I don't care if you're Google, uh, Apple, they all got problems. And when you ask that question, listen, and then try and solve it if they're seeking that. Yeah, that's true. So we kind of want to switch gears. We talked a lot about communication within, you know, entrepreneurship and in the a professional setting, a professional setting. And so we want to move more so to relationships. So I want to know, um, you know, how can effective communication and different strategies help couples to improve their communication skills and create a safe place for open discussion? Ooh, that's a, that's a loaded one. Um, I'll share an experience. And it took me a long time to get to this point where I could start talking about this. Uh, some days it's difficult, but uh, especially because I'm I'm being a little bit vulnerable and I'm sharing some some little bit of intimate things. Uh, I was married for just over six years, and during the pandemic, my ex and I decided to go in different direction. Uh, it was amicable, which was great. Um, we have a business together still. Uh, so imagine trying to work with your ex. <laughs> Some days it's fun. 
Some days it's very interesting. But the, the biggest insight that I gained from that is that when I came out of that marriage, I really didn't have anyone to talk to. And this is where the dating communication world was developed for me, especially as a guy. Uh, I didn't have anyone to turn to. It's like I would talk to my buddies be like, yeah, either they're married, single. And I'd say, man, I, I'm going through a rut. I don't know how to deal with this. And they'd be like, ah, get over it. You're fine. And as men, we suppress our emotion. We are very good with one emotion, anger. <laughs> All the other ones were tough, are tough with us. So what I tell people is through that, that experience, I started working with a top psychologist in the city. and not just like fix me, but like, how can I fix this problem that other men and women are going through? So then I started discovering that a lot of the breakdowns in relationships happen through communication. One individual is terrified to share how they truly feel. Or we unfortunately fall into these games in the dating world where people are trying to be something that they're not. They're trying to communicate, oh, I got to wait three days before I text her or text her or whatever. I'm like, no, push all that bullshit aside. Just be authentically you. If you're thinking about them, pick up the phone, call them, tell them that. People are like, well, what if I scare them away? This is good. Yeah, they weren't meant you, you want to get the right person because if you're trying to put on a persona or be someone you're not, that will come to the surface three or four years later. And by then it's too late. Now you're in really trouble. So the reason why I share that is I tell this to couples all the time. You need to communicate clearly and with an intent. So when you are having a conversation with the other person, actually actively Listen, this is going to be the buzzword of this talk. Listen, because a lot of complaints that I hear, and I've worked with a lot of women and men, a lot of the complaints I hear is that I'll hear this from women. My husband, my boyfriend, my fiance, the guy I'm dating, he doesn't listen to me. And it's more often than not, and I'm amazed by it. So when I come in, and I actively listen, it, it's incredible what type of response I will get. Women will open up more. Sam, you witnessed this in Miami. That was, that was June. Um, I had five months earlier, I'd gone through my separation and my divorce. But because of that connection that you, me, um, Noelle, and all the other girls and Katie, we, we fostered a friendship and a relationship very quickly. And we were able to open up with each other. How did that happen? Two things. There's no judgment. There's no bias. And we were able to communicate in a very clear manner. So when dealing with relationships, I just keep telling people, be authentically you. Don't hold back. Um, and I know this can sometimes be a very difficult conversation because sometimes the other individual can weaponize it against them 
So if I were to say, I'm very um, sad with why you did that. And then the individual weaponizes against them like a month, two months, three months down the road. It's like, see, I told you you shouldn't have done that. It's like, then guess what we do? Put our wall back up. When in fact, you got to bring that wall down. So I often tell people is just try to understand where the person is coming from. So I do this in business. I do this in relationships. I do this in conversations. I do this in the dating world. It's like, okay, I want to understand where is this person coming from? Why are they feeling this way? So if I find out that this person got cheated on, guess what? They are carrying that to the next conversation, the next relationship. You got burned in business. Like I said earlier, you are carrying that. So as we collect all these experiences, we put them in our bag and we bring them with us. But what I tell people is sometimes you've got to drop the bag because it gets too heavy. Let it go. You can't let your past define who you are in this moment. And I think that's the biggest thing. And it's hard to do. Correct. But you can use your past to potentially shape your future. Like for me, I worked with top psychologists, hired top business coaches, uh, sales mentors. That's good information. I collected that and I became better because of it. And without getting in trouble, I'm going to express something. I show up differently now. I show up differently in relationships. I show up differently in business because of the failures and the breakdowns that I went through in my past, both in professional and personal. And it's the individuals that keep repeating the behaviors and they wonder why they fall into the same problems. It's like, are you attracting those individuals back into your life? Why do you keep falling for these Pardon my language, douchebags. What it keeps attracting you to it. Because remember, our subconscious likes repetition. We're habitual people. Likes we come- wake up, we typically brush our teeth with the same hand every single day. And if you don't believe me, tomorrow morning or tonight, brush your teeth with your opposite hand and you will be like, what the hell is going on here? You put your shirt on the same way. You button it up the same way. These are trained habits and behaviors. Humans like habits. So it's up to you to sometimes break those bad habits and reinforce them with good habits. But it does take work. It does take effort. And everyone's like, oh, relationships should just be easy. No, 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 no. Every day you got to put in that work. No different than you every day. You got to go to the gym. You got to eat healthy. All these are choices. And I often tell us people, relationship is no different than business. Think about this. If you told your boss, I'm not showing up for five days. How long do you think you're going to be employed for? (laughs) Yet in relationships, we do this all the time. We don't show up to the relationship one day. Then it turns into a week. Next thing, it's a month. And then six months go by and they wonder, what happened? We fell out of love. What happened to the relationship? You stopped working at it. And communication is a vital piece to that puzzle. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, I know that was great. 
That was yeah. a great response. Absolutely. It's, it's important to recognize that you're part of the problem and realize the cycles that you're in and how you can kind of change your yourself to be, like you said, open-minded, um, kind of actively listen to the other individual, listen to understand, not to respond, right? We, mm -hmm. we get to these points where we're just very defensive and we get about ourselves rather than the other person and really try to understand them. So I really like that. that and I also think it's really important to have a partner point that out to you. If you have this thing that you're doing on a repetitive basis, I, even as a friend, I think it's important to call that out so someone can learn from, you know, the things that they did and hopefully change it, like you said, and create these new healthier patterns. So. And just to riff off that two things that I'll share is don't take it personal especially in business, I always welcome feedback, always. And sometimes you got to validate that source though. So if someone comes and says, oh, that your talk sucked. Okay. Tell me what sucked about it. Tell me <laughs> yeah. what didn't land. Tell me what didn't work for you. And I will listen for that feedback. However, on the other side of my brain, I'm going, all right, this individual's never been on stage before. They do not have a product or service. They are basically unemployed. Do I want to take this person's opinion with a grain of salt? Yes. It's still a valid piece of information though, but you get to choose on the scale how important that person's opinion is. So one, don't take it personal. It's just business, even in relationship. If this is the other problem with, with rejection, rejection hurts. I get it. Getting a sales call turned down, getting um, asking a girl or a guy for their number and getting rejected. Yeah, it stings, whatever. Get over it. But guess what some people do? Oh, what did I do wrong? What did I, what did I say? And sometimes, yeah, you might have said something stupid. However, I often tell this to guys, maybe you're just not her type not rocket science. And they like, they could see the light bulb explode in their head. Maybe they don't like guys with black hair or dark hair. Maybe they like six foot six Scandinavian blonde guys. <laughs> That's, That's what I say in my head. So when someone rejects me, it's like, okay, cool. I also think rejection is God's protection too. And I've seen that so many times in my life where I wanted it to be a certain way and it wasn't. And I realized after connecting the dots that it all worked out for me. So I believe that it's important to know that everything is truly working out better than you can even imagine. So that rejection was protection. And the other piece to that puzzle is be very cognizant and pay attention to this because I've seen it stop people from going after their dreams going after something they're passionate towards, a business, a relationship, a friendship. Watch out for individuals that are very close in your circle and pay attention to the people in that circle. Because one, they could be expanding you or putting you in a cage. And more often than not, sometimes the people with the same last name are the biggest critics. And I sometimes call them dream crushers. But what do we do? Because we grew up with them, we love them, we understand them, we trust them. We take their opinion at a much higher scale. 
So watch this. So Samantha, if you presented a, a an idea to me and I said, you know, it's a great idea. This is going to work. And I gave you my feedback. You probably would listen to me because we have a rapport. We have a relationship. We have a friendship. If you were to say that same thing on social media and the Twitter thumbs came out and started bashing that idea, you'd probably be like, this guy is a troll. Beat it, loser. But if it was a parent, a sibling, a very close best friend that said that, you actually probably would say maybe they're right. So see how you can react differently. So you have someone that's very close to you, someone that you have a potential like relationship rapport with, and then you have a complete stranger. Why are we listening to all these different perspectives? If you know in your heart that it's a good idea, go after it. Too many people are sitting there looking and seeking validation. You don't believe me? Look at social media. It's a constant validation seeker. It people is. will post a photo to see how many likes they get. People will post a video, and if it doesn't get a certain amount of likes, they pull it down. What is that? That's your ego. Yeah. So you should be, whenever you're posting, depends. Uh, depends on what your idea of posting is. Some people do it for the social side. Some people do it for the business side. When I post, it's like, how can I serve my audience? How can I serve those that are listening to this? It's not about me. It's not about my ego. Sometimes it does creep up in there. I admit, yeah, guys. I'm in Colombia while you're freezing your asses off in Toronto. However, parts of me is going, maybe one person might see that post and say, I want that lifestyle. It might be a glimmer of inspiration for somebody because that's what I use social media for sometimes is inspiration. When I see someone on a jet, I don't get envious. I actually get inspired. It's like, if this guy can do it, clearly I can do it. Yeah. But unfortunately, we live in a world where people get super jealous and envious. It's like, oh, look what this guy. No, you're using it the wrong way. I teach this to speakers a lot. You need to be emotional and you need to use all of the emotions. Think of a movie, your favorite movie. I'm going to put you guys on the spot. What is your favorite movies? Oh man, that's a hard Don't one. Don't think about it. Um, I watched Titanic recently. Perfect. I knew you, I literally knew you were going to say that. Okay. <laughs> what about you? I see. I did see the newest, um, what is that superhero movie that recently came out? Um, Flash. Flash. Got it. All right. So let's use Titanic as an example. It's a love story. What is in that movie? Characters? storyline but most importantly emotion this yeah. is what pulls us into a movie and i teach this to public speakers you want to pull your audience in if leo dicaprio uh jack dawson or whatever the hell his name was jack was right. to sit there <laughs> and just talk in a monotone way you doze off mm -hmm. but this is what movies do so well they bring in sound and music and then they make it theatrical and then they bring in conversation 
But what are we ultimately attracted to? The emotions of the love story. And then the anger that the other characters pursue as well. We've been in those movies, those TV shows where we're like, oh, I hate that character. I can't stand that person. That is storytelling and using emotion to your advantage. However, I've seen a lot of people speak in certain octaves, which is very high or very low, or they don't um, change the inflection in their voice. They don't control the pausing and the pacing. So often I'll say, hey, guys, come here, come close, come close. What I'm doing is I'm trying to pull my audience in and you can do that with lowering your voice, but then I can make my point very big by raising my voice. That's storytelling and using emotion. So what can I use to pull my audience in? What can I use to really connect? Why do we connect with people? We connect with people on a deep emotional manner. Think about that. If I said, why are you best friends with that person? They make me feel good. They get me. They know me. They listen. Those are emotions. Right. It's maybe a happy emotion. It's a positive emotion. Uh, they make me laugh. I hear that all the time. Why are you with that guy? He makes me laugh. <laughs> feel happy. Makes me feel good. So when you're on stage, find a way to inject as many emotions as you can. Now, obviously, this can be tough especially if you're doing a talk on molecular biology but you can make molecular biology exciting and interesting by sharing a story or an anecdote so when back to the titanic analogy when jack's frozen on the in the water and people are crying it's because it's sad someone died they used it in an emotion but obviously they're doing that emotion to sell a movie. You can do that from stage. However, be careful with it because some people will call that manipulation and manipulation is not a bad word or persuasion. It's not a bad word. Effective salespeople have learned to hone in on this. Um, it's a tactic when used carefully can be very beneficial. Often in the sales world, They'll start selling the sizzle. They'll be like, this is what this can do. Buy my program. Sell, buy my program and you can get rich tomorrow. You're selling them a dream. However, it does work. This is why we buy products and services that a lot of the times we don't need. I'm sure there's a million things in everyone's home. We're like, why did I buy this? Because in the moment you thought it was a good purchase. So bringing storytelling and emotions and connections into your conversations can vastly help build relationships, close more deals, um, build rapport, and just ultimately build connection. And I, I think that is a lost art and skill that people are not um, utilizing enough because they are distracted with these. Mm -hmm. Story sell for sure. Yeah. I think storytelling is one of the biggest things that has helped me improve my business and just, you know, podcasts as well and just interactions and building relationships and building that, that trust. So I absolutely agree with you. And I recently attended even a data driven um, 
presentation where even there, it's really important instead of showing data, showing, you know, a storytelling. So it's actually not about showing so much data and numbers. No one's going to sit through that and really try to understand all the numbers that you have on there. A lot of us, when we're presenting data and even going back to some of the things you said, if you're trying to sell um, an investment property, it's not about the building itself and how many units, when was the last construction on it, or whatever the data that you're presenting. A lot of the times you really need to tell the story, tell, tell it in a way that your, your audience is going to be able to relate to. Um, and it's not so much about the data details. Yeah, exactly. This has been an amazing episode. I feel like we can go on this conversation for hours. We'll definitely have to bring you back to dig more deeply into communication and relationships. I know we had a few more questions we wanted to ask, but I know we're at the hour and I know we all have things to do, but for our followers, where can they find you? Uh, so yeah, my uh, my handles are the same across everything, uh, at Kyle Guthrow, K-Y-L-E-G-U-T-H-R-O. Uh, my website is www.kyleguthrow.com. Uh, I do post a lot on Instagram. Um, fun fact, I do some crazy things like swimming in ice water. Uh, you see it, it's amazing. And some of those videos have gone viral. It's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. And, and you know what? I just try to make it personal. Um, people buy from people. They don't they do buy from corporations, but ultimately people buy from people. And I tell individuals and entrepreneurs, don't hide behind your brand. They want to see your life. Now, don't be showing every minute of it, but they do want to see, hey, you know what? Are you into cycling? Cool. Show it. You're active in uh, art. Show some of your drawings. So it doesn't always need to be just one niche. And I remember someone telling me that, like, man, what lane are you in? I'm like, what do you mean? What lane am I in? Like, are you real estate? Are you communication? Are you dating coach? I was like, I'm whatever lane you want me to be in. Because I feel, and I never use this word, uh, because if you are, you're in the wrong room. I don't declare myself as an expert, but just a person that is intrinsically interested in other people. And if my experiences and my skills can help you, whether it be in real estate, communication, sales, relationships, I'm going to start speaking to it. And that's the greatest thing is that you collect all these experiences for yourself, but it's your opportunity. And I think you're right to share that with the world because everyone's sitting there trying to um, get to the masses. And I often think, what if you just help one person? Just start with one person. Don't worry about everyone else. Don't worry about the trolls. Don't worry about the hate. Gives a shit. Just imagine you could help one person and just focus on that. I love that advice. Yeah, amazing. I love that. That was great. Well, we are so happy to have you. It was a great I appreciate conference. you, ladies. Thank and you for having me. And we're sending you all love and light. Make sure you go ahead and you comment, you like, and you subscribe to our podcast. I hope everyone has a great day. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks.